<laughs> Hi, good evening. My name is Jay Rothman. I am the host of the show. Welcome to Real Men, Real Talk Live. Welcome back to the studio. Again, my name is Jay. I'm the host of the show. I am excited to introduce my co-host this evening, Evis Love Heath, the man of the land from down under. He calls Australia home. Welcome back, Ev. We missed you last week. Oh, yeah, it's good, good to be back home with your brothers. We have uh, Jeff Fasano coming in from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to the studio, Jeff. Thank you very much. Welcome, everyone. Good, good to be here this week. Mm-hmm. How does everybody like our new uh Look. It's lit. It's lit, man. Thanks, Josh Richard. <laughs> Josh Richard. Josh Richard, he calls uh, Southern California home. Welcome to the studio and to the podcast tonight. As we take a moment here to uh, give our viewers and guests time to, to jump on board and pick us up live. A um, couple of things. One is if you uh, should hear something that you like or love, if you're coming in from social media, please drop it down into the comments. We'll do our best to acknowledge and answer as many questions as possible as we are in flow tonight. Uh, also, if you are coming up from social media and you are inspired and like to share it out to your friends and family, we welcome you to, uh, to share our podcast out and help us grow our, our growing community as we come in live from LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook Live, and as well as uh, your health network, Coming in from Roku TV as well as Amazon Fire, I do want to take a moment here to acknowledge, uh, as as Jeff uh, mentioned, uh, we have a we have relaunched our, our brand uh, design. Uh, thank you, Josh Richer, for investing your time to create our new intro, our, our clothes, as well as our promos. Uh, love to hear some comments from our viewers and guests. If you realized, if you noticed that in fact something was different tonight. Um, in our intro, there you go. Uh, everything's different about it, but the good news is, is, you know, life is full of change and it's how we really adjust to change that if we embrace it, it makes a lot less resistance and our life has a lot more, uh, peaceful moments and days. And so it's tonight's episode number 91, as we come closer to reaching number 100, but tonight is 91 and 91's topic is all about Death of a relationship, whether it be a relationship uh, between uh, uh, two people, friends, family members, uh, partners, husband and wives, boyfriend and girlfriend, so on and so forth, as well as perhaps uh, death of a relationship within. And of course, there is death of a relationship of a loved one that may uh, have transitioned or may, in fact, in this moment, be in, in the middle of uh, transitioning. Uh, and so, Evis Love Heath, I want to invite you to to, uh, to warm us up and uh, kick off the show tonight, get us hot in the studio. But before you do that, before you actually speak the words of wisdom that comes forward from, from uh, down under, I'm going to invite uh, the viewers to enjoy this short little video that Ev put together today. Health, bad. Emotional health, bad. Physical health, bad. <laughs> 
Hey, are you feeling okay? Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, brother. Not, not nice little intro, and I think it's a good little segue for us to dive in deep tonight's show with a little bit of humour because, look, on both sides of this coin, my brothers and sisters, you know, when we talk about this death process uh, of a relationship, like Jay the Rothman mentioned, uh, it could be a, a death of many things, you know, like we've just got to look over these last couple of years. You know, so many brothers and sisters have had the loss of time. They've had the loss of their freedom. They've had the loss of their work. They've had the loss of their identity. Now I'm helping brothers and sisters just try and get through at the moment, creating new career paths within their life. They're feeling the death of uh, an old version of themselves. But, you know, we've got to think about, you know, this beautiful thing that we call life. And, you know, over this period of our lifetime, we accumulate many losses, my brothers and sisters. And I think at the very, very depth of what we're talking about with the death of a relationship tonight, we're really talking the loss of a connection to something. You know, I think about my life and uh, obviously, you know, uh, previous relationships that I've been in. Uh, thinking about the death of those, you know, when we think of the death within a relationship, what happens is is that when we go in, uh, you know, particular mode, the body will try and start, and the mind will start trying to process this as what we might know as grief. You know, for me, particularly in the last relationship, I didn't, I wasn't even aware that I was in grief. I was actually embarrassed. I was ashamed. I was in guilt. I didn't even know how to show my face to the people, that my loved ones that were around me. So for many of us, really understanding what the death of a relation means to us and being able to understand some of these emotions behind it allows us to really move and walk into that path of freedom that we're all seeking. And it's through these beautiful things that we call relationships that we can then start to live out a life that we want to fulfill whether it's, you know, for our joy, whether it's for our happiness, or for me these days, it's just for my peace of mind. So, look, I'm looking forward to diving in tonight's show because I think, you know, when we start talking about the death of any relationship, really at the cornerstone of what we're talking about here is how and if we are being able to process what we know as grief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You brought up, I mean, so many good points, Ev, and... Uh... I think, uh, you know, for, for me, the, the last time I was grieving, um, it was a relationship as well. And it's, it's that gentle allowing, you know, it's, it's loving ourselves through the process and trying not to be hard on ourselves, even though we want ourselves to feel better and to be okay and to get through this. And, you know, that's the mind talking, right? It's all, it's all the things that we think we need to be doing or we think we need to, the, the way this process should go and how quick it should go, uh, at least for me, because <laughs> it doesn't feel good. I want it to pass, of course, but it's that gentle allowing of it to happen and, and reminding ourselves that it, it, what I did last time was, you know, allowing myself to feel the grief and it's okay to just say that, wow, you know, today's, today's sort of a shit day and that's okay. And um, so not judging or stuffing or pushing down those emotions and just allowing them to flow 
And I reminded myself uh, multiple times through the process that it's energy and energy has to move. Mm -hmm. And, um, and when energy gets stuck is when we start to experience dis-ease um, and, you know, there's areas in the body that can trap that and, and um, it can manifest itself in other ways that we don't want. So we want this to move and we want it to flow and it is uncomfortable and it is um, sad and depressing and it is, um, you know, we don't want to feel that way, obviously, forever. And it sometimes feels like it will, but um, it moves. It always, that's the law. <laughs> We're never, we can never stay in an amazing mood 24-7. Therefore, we can't stay in a bad mood 24-7 either. So for me, the last time it was just trusting that if I just stay present with it and allow it to keep moving and not judge or shame or stuff, that uh, it eventually would pass, and it did. Let me ask you this, Josh. Uh, Jolene um, asked a question. How do we move with grief or move through grief? It's just that accepting and allowing. Th um, what do you got, Jeff? I think she just said it there. Can you pop that back up again, Jay? Of course. How do we move with grief? That's the there answer. There you go. <laughs> with in other words, yeah. you move. You move. You move with it. Mm -hmm. it, it, you, it. It's we 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 all want to resist it, fight it. We don't. There's when we move through emotions and feelings we don't like. We we want to fight it. We want to resist it because we don't like it. But it's a necessary evolution through life. And Jolene put it perfectly. We move with it. We allow it to be there. We don't mm. sink or indulge into it. We just allow it to be there because it's a part of the evolutionary process of life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. Uh, there, there's so many things that are coming through for me right now. There's so many types of relationships that, let's say, there is, a, a, we I refer to it as a death, meaning that there's a, a permanent change in relationship. It doesn't necessarily mean it, it has to be dark. It's just as a, a pivot or a change. So, for example, we may have a relationship with a child or children or a sibling that needs to die so that that relationship can, in fact, be re rebirthed or new birthing. Why? Because, mm. for example, I could, I'll speak for myself, gentlemen, here, but when... When I began my spiritual journey of waking up and really understanding how how my behavior, my relationships, especially the ones I cared most about, had a toxic element to them, and I began to process through surrender, surrender of, of all of my old belief systems and all of um, my behaviors coming through a, a very self-willed, egoic state, I really was open to examine all of my relationships. And I realized that if I was going to make it, like literally live, 
I needed to be willing to allow the relationships that I had, even with my own children, to die so that they can be rebirthed in a healthier way. Because not only was the relationship not good for me, it wasn't good for my sons. And I couldn't ask them to change. I had to be the change maker in order to, for them to experience something that they may not have even understood in that moment, other than, well, what's going on with dad? He's, he's, he's not the same dad. And it's an ongoing process. Simple, not easy, because there's pain involved. Even, even, even when we, we realize that we may not want to detach from a relationship, just, just because we detach doesn't mean we're not feeling the pain. Just because we detach doesn't mean that we don't energetically, we're still in, enmeshed or entangled in a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. But I do believe it's possible that we can shift the energy in a re- relationship, not by the words we speak, but how we show up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's great, Jay. Um, and I think that's really important. If um, Let's just m- look at relationships that we're having right now that that um, I can use a specific relationship. I had a relationship with someone um, a while back and that person drifted away out of my life and then we came back together and we had to um, recreate a new relationship. There you go. We had to let the old relationship go because uh, our life, our lives shifted and changed. We, uh, the, um, you know, personally, and then you felt the shift in the relationship. And I knew I couldn't go back to the old relationship that I had with this person, but I knew I wanted to create something new. So together we went through the process of releasing the old relationship, talking about things, and then together decided to create a new one that that we have to this to this day, and it's a wonderful relationship. But we both, in our hearts, and then consciously, um, healed the old parts of the old relationship, and then decided let's create something something new. But the foundation was the love that we have for each other in our heart space. That's beautiful, Jeff. That was the foundation of it. Mm. But we both, we, we need to be, um, two people need to be on a somewhat conscious level to do something like that. 100% brother. And I was actually going to mention this, that, that, that exactly word, uh, Jeff, because depending on where you, you know you both are uh, within that particular relationship, whether it's a conscious relationship as it's labeled out there, you know, th- things are going to matter like, you know, as simple as your personality and your resilience within other previous relationships. You know, how have you specifically coped? Did you have any coping mechanisms? You know, f- for me, I was in so much denial and withdrawal I would always just sort of push it aside and try mm-hmm. to be in that avoidance. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't have been able to learn some of the tools that I have been able to now to move through some of these things like we're talking about tonight, 
then I would have been stuck in old programs and old patterns where I was really numbing myself out from the death of a relationship. Yeah. Right. And you know, when, when we do it consciously too, we have to go through a, a grieving, even though you're doing it together, there's still that grieving part that you've got to, wow, you know, and let that go. And there's a sadness to that, even while you are recreating something new. You know, uh, Ev, I want to I want to take a moment. Here. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead, Ben. Come on. I was just going to say, I'm I'm curious, Jeff. That was, that was insanely uh, aware of the two of you to go through that. I was yeah, I was just curious what that process looked like. If you could briefly break down how you rebuilt or what what you talked about. I mean, that's, that's the stats. I, I've I've never heard of this, and this is fascinating. The I said the found we. It's the two of us love each other. There's a, there is a, a deep love that we have for each other in our soul space. Mm. And then we do, you know, we had the, the do the 3D thing. We're out there doing it. And then um, that person kind of moved and went away. And it didn't, I, I knew that, put it this way, I knew that the relationship wasn't over. I knew because of that deep soul connection that we have and still have that I just knew we'll, we'll pick this up somewhere along the line, but the way it kind of drifted away, I had to go through a, a deep grieving process through it. And then when that person came back, did whatever they did, wanted to go back into the old relationship we were having after about a year and a half of not even speaking to each other. And I just knew, I went, no, 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 that, no, I don't, that doesn't resonate for me. I'm a, I'm, I've changed. That's different. And, and that hurt on certain levels. And, and, but I, I said, we, we have this amazing soul connection. We can make a choice to say, ah, screw it. Or can we use that foundation in the essence and the truth of what it is to create something new? But what we need to do is we need to go through the old relationship and what happened and heal that first and talk about it and then move through it. But I, but the, the soul connection was is so important and so deep, but we did it. And, but and how did it not become my question is, so how did it not become like a tit for tat as you are unearthing that old relationship and, and expressing what you don't want? I mean, man, you are walking through a minefield on that one. And either you two are like insanely aware or please share your process because it it. I'm telling you, the foundation, if you identify the foundation of the, the soul connection and the love that we still have for each other, there is a symbiosis with us that I have really never experienced with anybody else on, a, on that soul level. Um, mm -hmm. We just, one person initiates it, and then because we... We're working on ourselves and doing it. It just, it, and 
and things would come up. We would process it. We'd get angry at each other. But the thing about it is, Josh, it was I, I could sometimes get incredibly angry at this person and feel that anger. And then all of a sudden I'll look in, into her eyes and go, oh, OK. Like it's like it, it just processes itself sometimes. But, you know, it, it it's it's an amazing relationship that but we worked at it. And then we also had um, uh, people that in our lives that kind of coached us through it. But it was it was it was a wonderful process. It took a while. It took a while. But but and that was maybe 15 years ago. And now we're still in each other's lives and we love each other and care. And it's morphed into something that's even bigger and more wonderful than that. Um, I but put it this way. I've never done that with anybody else. I want to I want to take a moment here uh, just to acknowledge that this this is a topic that could be a trigger for some people um, for many different reasons. And um, I think I think what's really important to understand is that there is no right way or, or wrong way to go through um, the process of either accepting uh, a change in a relationship, a loss of a relationship, a transition of a relationship, the death of a relationship. But there are certain key elements that I personally embraced. And one of them, especially as a man, especially as a man that had significant health issues, and I just had this knowing that if, if I didn't embrace the process of grieving, the, the stages, whether there's, you know, some people think there's five, some say there's seven, it's all over the board on, if you do your own research on it. But ultimately... For me, what helped me get through, and I was grieving three losses simultaneously. Didn't know it at the time until it started. A, I started to have some clarity. One was the grieving a loss, um, the death of a marriage of 30 years. Even though it was my choice to leave, I still had a lot of pain and anger and resentment and sadness to work through. And then... Um, Three months or so later, my dad transitioned. Mm. And I hadn't been in a relationship with my dad for four years because I made the choice to detach mm. up until about eight weeks before he passed when I saw him for the last time and didn't know that we didn't know that was it was imminent. I knew it was imminent, but I didn't know if it would be another year or months. But I showed up mm. and I cleaned up my side of the street to my best ability and I made amends and I said things to my father that I wasn't even sure if he could hear me, mm -hmm. but he acknowledged he heard me. And then around the same time, I realized there was a third death that I was in massive grief around, which was the death of the man I had become. Mm -hmm. And knowing that um, I was rebirthing like in the moment. Mm -hmm. And for me, the, the gateway to inner freedom and inner peace around the grieving process of all three 
was understanding that at any given day, my emotions were going to be flowing mm -hmm. and giving, giving those emotions permission mm -hmm. to come out, to be seen and to be heard, not in a hurtful way to anyone outside of myself and not in a hurtful way for me, but learning how to journal, learning how to write, something I had never done in my life. And learning how to embrace another process within that, which was learning how to read it out loud so I could feel it vibrating through my whole body, coming up to my throat chakra, and, and hearing me say the words that I had just written and took it to a whole new level. And then learning how to trust the process of grieving, learning how to trust and one other word called honor, to honor the process of each death. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. I early on in my in my coaching career, I was working with a woman who shared with me that her mom died when she was pregnant with her first firstborn. She was pregnant and her mom passed. And this was like 18 years had passed. And she never grieved the loss of a mom. And she was so angry. She was angry at God. She was angry at her faith. She was angry. She was angry that her mom died and her mom wasn't there to teach her how to be a mom. She wanted her mom to be her, a grandmother of her first son, firstborn son. And how she handled that is, I don't think it's so uncommon. She basically buried every story, every memory of her mother, she detached from her relationship with her mom in a way where when we got together and we started doing work, she acknowledged that, you know what? My children don't know their grandmother because I never, I never talked about her. They didn't know a story, one story about my childhood, one story about my adulthood, one story about my relationship with mom. And that, for me, stood out so strongly because it's one thing for the parent to transition. It's another thing to deprive her own children of a relationship that they could have with their grandmother, even though she wasn't alive. But through the stories and through the memories, she, I, I gave her permission to bring her mom back. I gave her permission to start to introduce their grandmother to them. And these, these, her children were 18 and I think 14 at the time. And for her, it really was a, a very cathartic game changer because she, she, she really began to understand that just because her mom had transitioned, it didn't mean that her memories and the love and all of her, the teachings and the experiences and she had such beautiful honor for her mom. Mm -hmm. That she that that her mom couldn't could mom could now be part of her children's life mm -hmm. and hers. Mm -hmm. And what a beautiful way for the whole family to heal together. Mm -hmm. And I, I share this story because it is it's so easy just to compartmentalize and hide and not and deny the feelings and emotions that come up. And one of the ways that really helped me embrace the death of a relationship of any type of relationship 
is to really hold on to the some of the, the loving memories, some of the good memories, and honor that relationship for what it was. The good, the bad, and the ugly. To honor it. Ev, what do you what do you make of all this? Mm, beautiful, brother. Uh, I'm just in a little bit of a trance listening to you there, my man. <laughs> but, you know, you, you know you, what you're talking about there, and you touched on pretty much three, I, I think, of those stages that I'm aware of uh, within grief. Um, there's a book by, uh, I hope I say her name right, Elizabeth Kula-Ross. Uh, she was a psychiatrist uh, back in the day, and she actually uh, talked about death and dying. Uh, within that book, in those five stages that we uh, talk about within grief, being uh, really that denial um, that you're talking about there, uh, which I was in for a long time. Uh, we're talking about the anger uh, that you, you said that she started to project there. Um, but really what lies underneath that, that stage within the, uh, the grieving process of anger is really the pain. It's the loss. So it's really how can we change our relationship with the way that we see grief, with the way that we see loss within our life? How can we change the perspective on what I thought to me on my personal journey was a failure? And so I went into that stage uh, as this uh, lady talks about within her book, where which is the uh, third stage. And these particular stages aren't in, in particular order as well. You can go in and out of these different stages, uh, which I started to bargain within what had happened, the experience. Mm. I started to say, well, maybe if I did this, it could change. And maybe if I do that, it maybe can go another way. So you start yeah. to bargain within your mind and uh, you really haven't really processed what is the pain that's laying underneath. And um, those last two stages, really what she talks about within that book, the second last one is obviously depression, which really is grief over a long period of time. Mm. But that last one that we, we really hope to get to, and what we're really talking about there, Jay, is acceptance. Being able to accept and acknowledge the loss, the pain that was underneath it. And now what can we do to change that perspective in our relationship with how we see loss or the death of any relationship? Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I want to go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say, it just occurred to me too, that, um, you know, we've been talking about death in a relationship or death of self or, you know, death of an old version of ourselves. But um, it just occurred to me too, that um, we're all, grieving right now because of the loss of our old lives and the old way of life in this current new thing that's happened, you know, here in these last couple of years and the pandemic and all of that. And, you know, <clears throat> what it, it meant for people's changing their jobs and what that looked like and, or working from home and what that looked like and grieving connection and being with people. If you are working from home, you know, it's like, there's so many things that changed all at once. And uh, yeah. And I think, you know, at first we all maybe just tried to roll up our sleeves and get through it. Um, and thought that maybe once, you know, vaccines happened and all that life would get back to normal and it'd go back to normal. And I think 
the grieving really set in, I think either late last year or even, you know, into this year when it was like, oh, wow, uh, we more than likely won't be going back to how that was. And therefore, um, that's a grieving process as well. And that is there is sadness in letting go of that old life or letting go of hope. So, yes, we're we're all in a state of grieving, I think, at this moment as well, just personally mm. within our own lives. 100 percent, brother. And it's the same process. It's it's exactly what we're talking about right here. It's no different than the loss of a loved one. Um, it's grief. Grief is grief. Uh, two things. One, uh, Jeff, if you have the ability, I, I sent you a, a note in a private chat to pick up a headpiece because we're getting we're getting reverb uh, echoing to an extent, and I've isolated it coming off of uh, your studio there. So if you have a headset nearby, that would be that would be helpful. I really um, don't, Jay. Um, might be your heater. No, do you no, hear an echo now? No, no, it's just when Evers is speaking that it's coming through. But when Evers is speaking, I'll just read you out. So we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. One of the processes of, of grieving that comes in in a relationship, too, I think Mary Kelly mentioned it is what about regrets? You know, how often do we mm. go to uh, feeling regret about what we did or didn't do? Yeah. Um, how we showed up or didn't show up. And I, I think it's important. I think it could be really helpful for us to kind of uh, kind of chat about that a little bit. And, and at least from my perspective, share what really helped me through that is that I had this very clear understanding that as long as I slipped into thoughts around regret, um, it was, it was going to take me into guilt or shame. And I knew that that was not going to serve me in my process of stepping through uh, the grieving process with what I refer to as, you've heard me say this before, dignity and grace to my best ability. Now, that didn't mean that I was stuffing it. That didn't mean that I was walking around saying I'm fine. That just meant that every time, and believe me, I had a, a lot of regret that I could have I could have deep dived into with my relationship with my father, the relationship with my mom, the relationship now with my ex-wife. But I knew that regret is, is, it doesn't, it will never serve us. Why? Because regret is something we can't change. It's something that we chose to do or chose to show up or chose to behave in a way that we now all of a sudden are seeing as, well, you know, what if, all the what ifs. And the fact that we can't change the outcome of that, those choices that we made in the past is not going to serve me, is not going to serve the healing for the relationship that no longer is. Mm -hmm. And so in, instead of every time my thoughts would go to, you know, what I refer to was the dark side, it was very easy for me to slip into that. I'd catch myself through awareness and I'd say, I'd create a mantra for myself. And that mantra was, no, no, no. No, 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 not today, not here, not now, no mas. Mm -hmm. And instead flip the narrative, flip the script to more self-loving behavior, self-loving thoughts around, all right, well, okay, I learned what I needed to learn. And let's focus on 
the blessings or the gifts that came. Now, when I say the gifts and blessings, I'm not talking to, if there wasn't a whole lot of that that you felt unfolded, let's say, leading up to the, the death of a relationship, focus on what were the lessons that that relationship was there to teach you? What were the lessons that relationship was there to teach me? Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, when I started to focus on that, I was able to dissolve, not resolve. There's a difference between resolve and dissolve, but dissolve some of that old toxic energy that I had been holding on to even while they were alive, even while that relationship was still alive. Mm-hmm. And understanding that when I can release the toxicity around those feelings and those emotions and understand that so much of that wasn't coming from that 54 or 55 year old man. That was coming from that five year old boy within me, little JJ that was still holding on to the the sadness and the hurt and the pain, feelings of rejection, feelings of abandonment, whatever they were. And now understanding that it was time for me to learn how to take care of me. What do you make of that, Josh, Richard? Man, so much meat there. You brought up something <laughs> really great, Jay, and I and I I don't think I had consciously thought about this. Was that I used to be a guy full of regrets and full of I wish I would have and I should have this and I shouldn't have that. And uh, man, I and and those were some dark uh, times in my life when I was really judgmental and beat myself up and had very little compassion for my human experience at the time. And, um, I just, you know, and what struck me when you were talking, Jay, was that looking for the gift, right? Looking for the lesson, looking for the nuggets, um, in any situation, I've become that out of habit here in these last few years. And that's become a habit for me. And I'm, I'm not that, judgmental person anymore. And I hadn't tied the two together. And I knew that I was happier and healthier when I looked for the opportunities of lessons in the moment. And I looked for, you know, um, uh, ways to grow or learn through tough experiences or hard, uh, hardships or challenges or loss of relationships. But I hadn't put, I hadn't put the two together before that, um, that I hadn't had regrets since this had become a habit. And that's a really cool awareness um, mm. that literally, you know, by focusing on this, you can sort of quelch those temptations to um, to want to go back and to want to change things and or be frustrated at yourself for not uh, doing things or you, using that awful word should against yourself. Uh, I should have this. I should have that. Um, so it was really cool. I don't know. I just nugget of learning in a moment with uh that you were talking jay that was cool yeah thank you you know there's something that you just stirred within me and i want to share and i'm gonna i'm gonna probably say it two times so that we can all let it sink sink in through the process of grieving a relationship shift to change we always have a choice we can either live in pain or we feel the pain and when Mm. we give ourselves permission to feel the pain and not deny it, we can heal it. Yep. Now, again, I'm speaking from my own experience because I lived in pain for decades. 
and the relationship hadn't died. But I was dying. Mm -hmm. I was dying. But when I finally woke up and gave myself permission to feel the pain mm -hmm. and express it in the healthiest way that I could through writing, through learning how to even acknowledge what my feeling I'm feeling in that moment and find one or two people in my life that I could begin to trust, I began to heal. I began to honor. I began to accept. Yep. And there's freedom in that. Mm. Inner peace. Love. Again, it's simple, not easy. This is this takes this takes practice. It's gotta be changed behavior. Mm. You know, as as we approach, we got about 20 minutes to we're coming up on the hour. Um, this this topic is it's huge because there's there's so many well we may need to do a, a part two because there, we haven't really even I just barely touched on um, on each part of a death of a relationship and you know there's a lot of people right now that are that have lost loved ones um, that have transitioned and you know it's interesting I use the word lost a loved one and I I just want to kind of almost correct myself on that. And I, I want to say that because it, it's a word that, for me, when I think of losing something, it's usually like a set of car keys or something <laughs> physical. I'm not out there looking for that person that's transitioned or that's passed away. And so it's one of those things that it's a word that we use uh, in, our, in the English language, at least, as, a, as we describe when someone has passed away or transitioned. For me personally, I, I really try usually to avoid using that word lost. Now, it sounds, you know, a little silly perhaps, but for me it's important because the words we speak are very powerful and the words we speak to ourselves are very powerful. Yes. Big time. Jeff, you, you've been awfully quiet here. I'm going to uh, unmute you and uh, invite you to uh, kind of, uh, what's on your mind in this moment right now? What are you thinking? Um, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I want to go back to the woulda, shoulda, coulda thing because I was the I used to be the king of woulda, shoulda, couldas. Um, even when I was in relationships with people, um, and that's a very narcissistic, self-serving thing, thinking that everything that we did, we didn't do, really affected the other person and, and, and affected the relationship. But I used to do those woulda, shoulda, coulda things, and I'm, what what I'm trying to think about here is going back to to regrets in in relationships because um you know after a relationship ends um it's as jay said you know what, what did i learn from it but we've got to process it when a relationship ends and even with our relationship with ourselves i just was going through the entire, pretty much the entire month of January was really a dark movement for me through the dark night of the soul. So many endings, so revisiting so many things in my life and, and just thinking about um, aspects of my mom and dad that I never even grieved. Mm. You know, they've been, they've been passed a long time now, 
So there was a lot that went on for me in January, a lot of sadness, a lot of deep, dark moments, a lot of um, dark night of the soul, um, a lot of self-introspection, a lot of beating myself up about certain things in my life and where I was, revisiting aspects of my life, revisiting the end of my um, uh, years in Los Angeles, and then going back and looking at all that. It was, it was amazing what I went through in January and the, and the, the feelings and the, and the darkness and the going through that grieving and now the emptiness of releasing whatever it is that I had released after that process. Uh, now going through what I'm feeling right now is there's an emptiness in me. There's just this emptiness or this void because of probably of releasing a lot of stuff. And what I know what transpired is I know that the relationship with myself has shifted. Mm. So mm. It, it's really, it was been, it was a tough road this past month where that I didn't have anything that felt familiar in my life anything outside of myself, anything within me. It was, it was an amazing process of transformation. And as I said, when we, be first, when we first came on tonight, I can live in my head. I could really, really live in my head and forget to move myself into my heart space. And mm -hmm. it was when, when I was in my head, it's when all of the, I would conjure up so many scenarios and things and I forgot the simple tool of moving into the quietness of my heart space because that's where the truth lies. And when we're moving through the grieve, grieving mm -hmm. process, our truth, our truth in the essence of, of who we are lies in our heart space. And I forgot that for a good couple of weeks and was living in my, in my mind where that is just old memories and old and memories from past lives and memories that I sh would have sh if I did it this way I wouldn't be here if I did it that way and I went through that process and I had to remind myself as early as last night move into my heart because that's where the truth is mm. beautiful bro. Jeff I want to invite you to just take a moment here first of all trust me take a nice deep breath And let that drop down into your heart space in this moment with me. And I want to share with you as you continue to just take nice, soft, deep breaths. I loved the man that showed up last night in our production meeting. Mm -hmm. You shared massive truths as you just did here now. They were extremely vulnerable. And when we reconnected this morning, you shared how differently you feel today. And there's two things that I heard you just share, and I want to just paraphrase you, if I may. One was that you've acknowledged that for you, the breakthrough was when you had clarity that you were just stuck in your head. And when you 
realize that that was no longer serving you in this, this darkness, this dark night of the soul moment that lasted many weeks. You felt so much lighter. You felt at peace. It doesn't mean it's, it's dissolved. We have these, these, mm-hmm. these highs and lows. We have these cycles of life. You know what it was, guys, and, and this is important. Um, we, and we've spoken about this on this show so many times of finding a safe place. Finding that safe place. Sometimes it's a real challenge when we're going through a death, going through a grieving, going through a dark night of the soul that comes with grieving from time to time. Sometimes for me and for the last couple of weeks, it was a real challenge to find some safe place within me. Mm. And I had that challenge and I needed to, to, I needed assistance with that. And when I came into our production meeting last night and really shared so much that I, with you guys, it was, I, I, I felt safe. I, I, you held the space. Nobody was saying, well, do this, do that. It was Jeff. I, I spoke and I felt the safety in it. And so I guess what I'm saying is when we're going through this is, is if we can't, if it's a challenge to find that safe place within us, it's important to find that safe place with someone else who you can trust that will mm. allow you to be where you are and then maybe give you some tools and advice. So last night I felt safe. I felt really safe in that moment to let out and, and express what was transpiring within me and where I was going and, and how deeply I started to understand how people can consider taking their own life. That's how deep it went for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I hadn't felt that, I haven't gone that deep in a long time. Now, I didn't consider that, of course, but I found a safe place to fully um, express without holding back what was going on and Sometimes in, when I'm in my head and go to that place where it's really a place that I have to put up some sort of facade or mask, because if I really express the depth of where I'm at right now, will you judge me and will you still love me? And am I imposing upon you? Mm. And then when I would get to that place, I would withdraw and then the whole cycle cycle would just keep on repeating itself. And then you would go into that spiral. And that's where I was at times in January in a spiral that I couldn't, I couldn't even um, find a place that was safe within me. Jeff, how do you feel right now? so much lighter um, uh, 
I feel safe. I feel loved. I feel honored. Um, because it, it, the word safe, it was, it was my little kid inside of me that I was in my head disregarding that just needed a safe place to say, it's going to be okay. And then I would go and start beating myself up over what it should have could is and how did I get here and did I do that? And why didn't and that was all in my head. And um, that's where I was. And and I learned a lot, but I also learned that it's really important to find someone safe to just say, I, I really need to share this because we need because of the energy when i did that last night the energy just moved right and i woke and i because i allowed myself to go into my heart and share and express the grief and the pain and the anger and the sadness of whatever was going on it it felt and i said to ev last night it felt as if the molecular structure of my beingness was transforming into something mm. different and I was just letting go of all of this old, old, old stuff. Hey Jeff, I want to invite you just to take a moment here um, and just to, just to pause. Um, and I do want to acknowledge Katrina May who says, uh, I'm bawling like mm -hmm. a baby, but I need that right now. Mm. And um, June says, uh, I needed this tonight. Mm. You know, I, you've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again. We're only as sick as our secrets. And the other thing I said last night, which is that even when we were angry and were scared, in that moment of despair, there is always somebody that you could reach out to. There's always somebody. You know, I just, I just want to say one thing, and I, and I can feel both of the, those women so deeply right now that I was so frightened. 63-year-old man, so frightened because there was nothing familiar to hold on to, and I didn't know what was going on. And it, and it was, it was, it was dark and, and I've experienced dark night of the souls, these dark passages, these shadow periods, but this was deeper than that. And, um, the part that was where there was just nothing familiar, it even got to the place that I had no appetite for food or anything mm -hmm. that I wanted. It just wasn't mm -hmm. there. And, um, I'm fortunate that, that, you know, I have tools to breathe. And, and then what, like Jay said earlier in the show, there was a knowing that this is going to pass. But when we all go through the, a darker grieving process, a, a darker place in our lives, sometimes we, we lose the ability to access tools. 
And that's where sure. I was. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've always got us here, my brother. You know that, man. Just going to say I love you, Jeff. Love your courage. Thank Move you, Jeff. These events. Josh, I'm going to invite you to close us out this evening. Oh, boy. <clears throat> you know, let's do a little... Uh, I'm going to invite everybody to close your eyes. Take a deep breath in. Feel the air, fill your lungs. And we're going to breathe out any tension. And keep breathing. We're just going to allow. Allow whatever's present in you to be. It's okay to feel. You're in a safe space with all of us, with each other. There's love here and honor. And those feelings are allowed to be whatever they are. And we're going to lean into love for them. Because that's a part of us that hurting and it's okay it's okay I'm gonna take another deep breath in all the love here in the room tonight Take it all in. Because we love you. And with that, we'll say good night. Peace and blessings. Thank you for joining us this evening on Real Men, Real Talk Live. We'll see you next week.